You're listening to the Ohio Conference Cast, where we explore topics related to the workings of Ohio Conference. Here are your hosts, Bill Seymour and Thomas Dunn. Welcome, everybody, to Ohio Conference Cast. This is Bill Seymour, and I'm here with Thomas Dunn. And our guest today will allow him to introduce himself. So, guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Yes, good morning. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Jason Rissler. I grew up in uh, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. My wife, Heather, and I have been married for 16 years. We have four children. Our oldest is 13, and our youngest is five. We, this is why you drive a minivan. <laughs> yeah, that is why we have the minivan, okay. yeah. full of uh, trash in the back, too, right? We moved to Ohio in 2011 to Strasburg, Ohio. Before that, we were in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. worked in church planting there for about nine years. To timestamp this episode, we are Wednesday morning after the Super Bowl, and uh, Jason has still got a little bit of a glow to him. Not, not because he's bald. But because he's from yes, Eastern yes. Pennsylvania, maybe both. It doesn't have to be either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you for mentioning that. And yeah. uh, you know, as a uh, uh, lifelong Eagles fan from Eastern Pennsylvania, it was a nice win. It's not, it was nice, yeah. yeah. And yeah. a lot of good stories. A lot of good stories to see the way the um, you know the Eagles, as uh, projected underdogs, were able to to fight through and win. My favorite story was the Crisco on the light posts. <laughs> hey, you gotta do what it takes, right? <laughs> Philadelphia fans are. Um, are passionate about their teams. Yes, yes. Uh, so the reason we have Jason here on, on the podcast is not to talk football because we don't want to talk about football because sooner or later we'll start talking about the Browns and then that'd be depressing. But uh, we have Jason on because he came to Ohio Conference as a church planner. And so this is a discussion that's circling around Ohio Conference for a number of years. It's kind of interwoven into our missional stuff. We hear about church planning. I know MDT... Uh, ministry development team has talked a lot about church planning. And so uh, we said, who are our church planners among us? And we have Jason. So we just wanted to hear a little bit about that. So Bill, what do we want to know about church planning? Well, that's what I want to know. What is church planting? What does a church planter do? (laughs) Yeah. Well, first for me, when I think about church planting, it comes back to looking at what is the church? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a fundamental question because too often when we think about church, we think about the building, seminary-trained leaders, clergy. We think about big programs and budgets. And so we think about church planning, we think about replicating that. Mm-hmm. But I think it serves us well to begin by asking the question of what is a church? And for me, I like to think about it very simply as the church being a people who are in relationship with God through Jesus Christ, changed and growing in that relationship, in community with other believers, and then on a mission together. And so, and whether that's, in a mega church or whether that's in a church with five seminary trained leaders or whether that's with um, a group of people meeting in a home together with no budget. So I think for me, that's always fundamental to come back to look at what is the church? What is it that we're trying to um, replicate? What is it that we're trying to, to see happen? So Jason, you came to Ohio Conference as a church planner. When did that happen? So we moved here in the summer of 2011. Okay, and in Strasburg, Ohio. Moved, yes, we moved to Strasburg um, at the invitation of the um, Eastern Ohio Mennonite Church Planning mm-hmm. Network, I think, yeah. um, and um, and the Ohio Mennonite Conference. As we came here, my my thinking on church plan planning was influenced from my experiences in the past, mm-hmm. and so um, in Harrisburg, I worked on staff at the Eastern Mennonite Missions Yes Training Center, and part of my job was to coordinate outreach into the community. 
And so as we did that, we met neighbors who actually one who asked for a Bible study and we began to meet with them. We had three Bible studies, um, meeting in homes, reaching out, growing in Christ. And in, in many ways, some of the truest expressions of the church. Mm-hmm. We went from that to saying, this is a church that is starting. Let's officially start a church. And we began to do all the stuff that we know a church to do. And five years later, we went back and said, what we had in the beginning is what attracted us here. And now we have something totally different because mm-hmm. we lost the intimate relationships. And so anyway, all, all that to say that so when I came here to Ohio Conference in uh, 2011, part of the question that I was asking as a church planter was, how can we create something that five years down the road, we don't look back and say, man, if we, we could only go back to what we had, because it was much better in the beginning when we had made authenticity of relationships, flexibility in our structures and so forth. And so mm-hmm. that's when I began to look at um, saying, how, can we create a church that is a church of little churches or a mi- network of micro churches, if you will? The amazing thing is in our story in Strasbourg is how God had <laughs> prepared other leaders in Strasbourg and some who moved into the community with a similar vision and today we continue to work together and that's been an incredible joy to see how god orchestrated that but yes 2011 is when we moved to um, strasburg so it sounds like you're defining living missionally i mean we've been talking about this missional idea in ohio conference for a number of years and really more intentionally this last uh two years or so and what you just described to me sounds sounds like that. Am I right? No, I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. I just wanted to hear that. Thanks. (laughs) You want to hear that. (laughs) So as we think about missional living, it's about relationships. It's about us as a people of God, recognizing that we're on mission every day, whether you're employed full-time in ministry or another job, go to school every day that we can see ourselves um, intentional in our relationships. And then to see where does God lead in that? Where do, what are the doors that God, God opens up for ministry from those relationships? So when I hear the word church planning, this is my mind naturally goes to kind of like some folks parachute into a place and the goal is a couple years down the road to have a building, a budget, self-sustaining, you know, they're not being paid by anyone else, but they've, they've grown a flock to pay them and now there's a church. I'm not sure where I even acquired that. That's just kind of what pops in my mind. Like, well, this is what I experienced church as, and so I assume church planting is plopping in somewhere and, and planting another one of those. Is that a thing of the past? Was that ever the case? Or, I mean, what all different forms of church planting are there? Right. Well, I think many times that's a model that, um, that we've used. And certainly I, I think I'm a firm believer that God works in many different ways to many different models of the church and so forth. But with that model, it requires that we have one, a professional person to come in and do the, the work. It requires that we have a lot of money. It requires a lot of things like that. And, and then we were able to plant one church. But what if we could think differently where throughout our conference, as we're working to be missional, that we could see tens or maybe hundreds of churches begin in a way that looks different than what we're expecting. So for example, we have all of us, I mean, as a conference, as churches, as individuals, we're thinking about the missional, you know, how do we be missional? Our churches are engaged in our communities in many different ways. And there's wonderful stories throughout our conference of things our churches are doing. But if we be honest, most of us would say then our end goal is to see the people who we're relating to come into our church, mm-hmm. which ultimately we want to see people know God, growing in a relationship with Jesus and in a community of believers. So as we're developing these relationships, 
Some people will come, but there's many people who still won't come. And so the thing is, can we begin to think differently about the church where the people that we're having relationships with, maybe it's meeting together on Thursday night in our home and studying the Bible together and giving, as we think again, back to this question about how do we see the church? Can we give ourselves permission to see the church differently? Instead of just, the end goal has to be to come to our our church as we know it, but that we can see new forms of the church develop even in our own communities. Okay, so I'm going to speak as the old professional pastor in the room. Is it possible for a gathering of Christians, so let's say Ohio Conference, that broad of a gathering of, of Christians, to look at that sort of model and say, yes, that's enough? Or, or is there always going to be this, yeah, that's good for a while, but at some point we need to get these people in our brick and mortar and on our membership rolls and tithing and, 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 and. So I don't know if I'm asking you this yeah. question or I'm asking me this sure, question, sure. right? Yeah. You know, one of the ways maybe it could look is your congregation is in relationship with people outside of your brick and mortar. Maybe to, to find, I think, to find ways that there can be um, synergy between what's happening, especially with something new. So maybe it's, you know, meeting together monthly for a meal together and sharing stories of ways that God is at work. I don't think it means being isolated from the established church, but being able to say, how do we work together and recognizing that there's many ways that God is at work. What, first of all, what is, what is it that God is doing here? But to find ways to have synergy between the two, because the established congregation, the established church has a lot to offer and, and, and vice versa. So Jamie Rye down in Millersburg, he connects as the professional pastor of Millersburg Mennonite Church. He connects with a gathering that you could call church like what you're talking about, uh, this organic, let's get together and worship and talk about Jesus and help each other grow without any sense of ne- feeling the need to pull them into Millersburg Mennonite on a Sunday. Is that that kind of relationship that you're talking about? Maybe we shouldn't feel threatened by those groups, but support them right. and, and connect with them. I think exactly. I think that's exactly the case. And Steve Addison in his book, What Jesus Started, says something that continues to resonate with me as I think about the church. He said, Jesus founded a missionary movement. His methods of training workers had been simple and reproducible. These workers in turn trained others as he trained them, head, heart, and hands. Large amounts of money and complex structures were not required for this movement to expand. Jesus laid the foundation for a worldwide missionary movement, and he released his followers as a missionary force to boldly proclaim the gospel and to gather disciples into worshiping communities wherever they went. And so, may that's a long answer to that question, but I think if we can say we want to see a movement of the gospel, we want to see God's spirit go forth throughout our conference and throughout the world ultimately, and to see these other gatherings that are happening as not a threat to who we are, but to be able to bless and support them and to see how can we, how can the established church bless something new and how can the new thing that's happening be an encouragement and a blessing to the established church? So a question that comes to my mind is like how much deconstruction of terms do we need to be doing? As, as I hear you talk and, and, and hear a little bit of what Bill is saying, I mean, so I think our definition of church is, seems to be very rigid. And then I'm thinking too, like our definition of Bible study, at least in like in our church and probably in other churches, we define those other groups as Bible studies or small group. Crown Hill, there's a small group that meets on Monday nights. And then, you know, we have the Crown Hill Manor and there's Bible study there once a week. But those aren't the church. The mm-hmm. church is 930 to 
noonish on Sunday morning with the building and the structure and all these other things. Are those Bible studies just as much church as Big C church on Sunday mornings? Is that how do we play with yeah. that? I think that's an important question because you know I remember when we were church planting in Harrisburg. It was be- actually before we even talked about church planting, we had Bible studies. And I remember a woman saying to her grandson, "Hey, we're going to go to church." And I and I and I was like, "Wait, that's this isn't the, this isn't church. This is just a Bible study." Mm-hmm. And then years later after we started the church, I remember people in quote unquote Bible studies who wouldn't come to quote unquote the church because they didn't come Sunday mornings. And then it hit me. I said, what's happening on Thursday afternoon is more of the church than what's that even happening on Sunday morning. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in, a, they're growing with Christ. There's a caring community of believers and they're reaching out to their friends and neighbors. And so I think that's a very important question. You know, somehow we've come to think that what happens on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock inside the four brick walls is more of the church than what happens on Thursday night. So we have at Orville a middle school group, and there are a number of kids who come to that group who don't have attachment to a Sunday morning church. It happened to me a a number of times, but it always stuck in my head. I was in the grocery store, which is right behind my house, and one of the kids came up to me and said, hey, Bill, uh, are we having church on Wednesday? Not are we having youth group. Yes. Are we having church? And that really started to get me thinking that here's this kid who is connecting with God in this group and sees that as church. Again, I think it's an excellent example of, you know, for this young person, this is the church. And they're experiencing all the components of the church. They're they're growing with God. They have supportive community. And I'm sure, you know, that group is looking to reach out to their friends. I mean, so... For me, that is very fundamental, and I think if we can give ourselves permission to say we're going to bless that, I know what it's like to feel a pressure. Okay, we got to get now this young person to come on Sunday morning, so it really counts. Mm-hmm. And that's and I think our thinking is is we're missing something in that thinking to say this young person is growing in their faith in Christ. Obviously, we want to see them on a lifelong journey of being part of the church in some form or another, but they're growing with Christ, and we're going to bless that, and this is working for them. So as we think about church planning, as we think about redefining church, I mean, so now I'm just thinking, you know, all of our churches are really a composite of seven to eight churches. If we think of youth group and Bible studies and small groups as, as churches, well, how do we then redefine church planning? So as Ohio Conference is talking about church planning, we aren't talking about parachuting into a community and setting up a, a structure and, and ultimately culminating in Sunday morning worship with this. We're talking about developing more small groups, more youth groups, more Monday night Bible studies. Is that what we're talking about? Right, and I think that the key to that is it's not just then the Christians who come on Sunday morning gathering in different ways, but that we are including others, that we are seeing others who aren't walking with God, who aren't in a body of believers connecting in those places. Because that's an important part of what the church is. It's not just for us, but it's to, to expand that message. And so if we can think about that, then there's all kind of, entry points, if you will, for people to come into the church, not just they have to be there Sunday morning, but our cell group that meets on Thursday in a home, we're inviting our neighbors to come there and to eat together with them and to study the Bible together. And maybe they'll never come on our Sunday morning, but they're meeting God and growing as a disciple in that context. You know, I remember sitting down with, it was Joe or John Showwater from Rosedale Mennonite Missions, and 
they're doing something similar in Columbus with, with house churches. And he said, what we want to see is a movement. And a movement, as we define it, is you light a fire and let it burn. And I often think about that because many times what we want to do is in an organizational box because it's easy to control or it's easy to give account for. This is our work. But if we can say we want to see a movement of God's Spirit and we invite God to light a fire within us and to let that fire burn in our communities. And so I think back to the church planning question. Church planning can be, you know, when we think about it in, in maybe, you know, a model like, we, like we're familiar with thinking. I mean, it's daunting. It's like, how do we find this person and where do we get this money? Mm-hmm. But if rather, if each of our congregations and our communities think about how can we be doing church planning, how can we be ex- extending the work of God in our communities, what can happen is unlimited. Cool. Well, thank you, Jason, uh, for joining us and talking church and missional work. Thomas, you have anything to add? No, thanks. This, this has been helpful. I mean, I think I think it just highlights a, a need for clarity in our definitions and a need to kind of deconstruct the things we come into this conversation with uh, to be able to move forward in healthy ways. So this, this has been helpful for me and hopefully everyone, what, all 10 people that listen to this podcast. Yeah, and for you 10 people, uh, please make sure you register for the Missional Conference, March 8 and 9, and ACA, March 9 and 10, or maybe I don't have those dates right, but you can find them, and we'll see you there. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ohio Conference Cast. We would like to hear from you. You can email us at ohioconferencecast at gmail.com with any topics or questions you would like us to explore. 